I've no idea why they've invited me up to speak immediately after a song about the wise men. But anyway, uh, you're very welcome here tonight, and it's great to see so many of you gather together as well. If you've enjoyed singing carols, you could meet us at Hillhead Community Centre at 7 o'clock tomorrow night, where we'll be doing carol singing around the Hillhead area. Anyway, tonight I want us to think about welcome. And I'm sure many of you have followed the story on social media over the past few days. Whenever the management of the Thistle Shopping Mall in Stirling decided that it would be inappropriate to have a nativity in the shopping centre. They said neutrally, you know, we don't really want to offend anybody. They're not have it. But anyway, I think they've rescinded a little bit. And they're going to allow nativity there for a couple of days during Advent. Anyway, one or two creative Christians locally decided they would dress up anyway as Joseph and Mary and a baby in a little manger. And so they decided to walk around the inside of the shopping center asking people what they were doing and what it was all about. The story is that the security men on the doors didn't quite know how to handle it. But the bottom line is, that the child Jesus wasn't particularly welcome at Thistle Shopping Mall in Stirling. So I want to explore the theme of welcome just for a few minutes by telling you three stories about three very different characters. I actually don't even know the name of the first person. We'll simply call her Sarah. That's in order to protect her identity. Because at the moment, she is still languishing in a detention center on the American side of the border with Mexico. She was one of many thousands who left a violent lifestyle and background in Guatemala and decided to try, along with her two children, to make a better life for herself in America, thinking that this lovely, wealthy, and so-called Christian country would welcome them with open arms. But whenever they got to the border, they soon discovered that wasn't the case. And so her two children were wrestled from her, flown over a thousand miles north into separate homes, and she was left in the detention center just over the border. As the story goes, after a few weeks, the children were reunited with their father, who was already seeking asylum in America but she remains in the detention center, wondering what on earth welcome to the USA is all about. And so it was really interesting to discover a church outside Boston who decided they have a nativity with a difference. And so they set up this nativity outside their church, which equally went national across the USA. Because in this nativity scene, baby Jesus was in a cage. What they said was, if baby Jesus had been born in Guatemala in 2018 and arrived even a few weeks before Sarah, she and the mother uh, and the baby would have been in a big cage waiting deportation. And so they did this in order to try and stimulate the consciences of the American people. Isn't it funny? Whenever many of my relatives 
sailed into New York maybe a hundred years ago. The first thing they saw was the Statue of Liberty. And at that time, America was welcome to everyone. And on the side of the statue, it says this, give me your tired. This, this is a, a speech to, to other countries throughout the world. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled, uh, your huddled people yearning to breathe free. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. But it would appear that the golden door has now closed. And there's probably not much welcome, certainly in Jesus' name, on the border of America today. Anyway, that's Sarah's story, although that's not her real name. But secondly, let me take you back almost 80 years to the day and tell you about somebody else called Vera. This is her real name. And uh, a couple of nights before, there had been the Kristallnacht throughout Germany and Czechoslovakia and other parts of, of Europe, where many Jewish families had their windows broken. And they realized then, if they'd never realized before, that many of them were going to face death. And so they decided to try and arrange for many of their children to go unaccompanied to Britain and to other what they believed were safe countries for refuge. Here's a statue of them arriving at Liverpool Street Station in London. Many of them never, ever seen their families again. There were hundreds and hundreds of children rescued in this way. And one of the people who was involved in it was a chap called Nicholas Winton. He has been honored by the Queen. But for years and years and years, most people never realized that this stockbroker had risked his life on numerous occasions in order to welcome these children to Britain. And so one of the most memorable bits of British television in the last 30-odd years was on the 50th anniversary of the Kinter Transport. Whenever Vera was sitting beside Nicholas Winton on That's Life, chaired by Esther Ranson, Nicholas Winton didn't know who it was was sitting beside her. But here's a one-minute recording of what actually happened. All the letters. Back here is the list of all the children. This is Vera Diamant, now Vera Gissing. We did find her name on his list. Vera Gissing is with us here tonight. Hello, Vera. And uh, I should tell you that you are actually sitting next to Nicholas Winton. Hello. <laughs> And it was just so wonderful, so terribly, terribly touching. Can I ask, is there anyone in our audience tonight who owes their life to Nicholas Winton? If so, could you stand up, please?
And so there we have the second story. The first story was of a refugee called Sarah who went to America and found no welcome. And then 80 years ago, we have a story of Vera who came to Britain and found a very warm welcome. Indeed, out of that group, there were four people who won Nobel Prizes. But I want to talk to you in closing about a third character who was also a refugee and who found a warm welcome. We've just heard the story about the wise men. But immediately after that, another angel comes to Joseph. And this angel says, Joseph, you and Mary and the baby Jesus are in danger because Herod is out to kill them. So take Mary and the baby Jesus and flee into Egypt in order that you can remain safe. And so you're familiar with this story, although it's only a line or a sentence in the Bible. And we have no idea how long they were there or what sort of reception they received. But can you imagine what it was like for Jesus, for Mary, for Joseph, like Sarah, like Vera, traveling miles and miles and miles through a hot desert by day and a freezing desert by night, not knowing what would await them when they came to Egypt, leaving behind all their family, leaving behind all their friends, vulnerable in a place where they couldn't speak the language, in a place where they knew nobody, in a place where their lives surely were vulnerable. And here is Jesus in Egypt, finding security from Herod. We don't know how long Jesus spent in Egypt, but what we do know, rather surprisingly, is that Mary and Joseph decided to return to the place where they had previously been in danger. And so in order to fulfill a prophecy from the ancient scriptures, written hundreds of years before, which said, out of Egypt I have called my son, Joseph and Mary and Jesus. Jesus, the young refugee. This little immigrant family returned from Egypt to Israel. But even though Herod was dead, their lives were still in danger. We know from reading the accounts in the Bible that throughout the life of Jesus, there were those who wanted to kill him. And so in 27, 28 years time, they would take him and they would nail him on a Roman cross. One of Jesus' followers, a chap called John, said he came onto his own, his own people, and they didn't welcome him. But to those that did welcome him, he gave the right to become children of God. It seems almost a little bit crazy, and it's part of the story we never ever think about. But this little refugee family came back to the very place that was threatening to kill them. And why did they do that? Because it was part of God's wonderful purpose for the world that one day Jesus wouldn't only be born in Bethlehem and show the world how to live, but one day 
he would die on that cross to take away the sin of the world and to give us a relationship with himself. As I finish, let me tell you another simple story. Many years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I was working in a big housing scheme in Belfast, one of the biggest housing schemes in the city. And I went to visit a wee lady, and she was wee. She was about five feet. And she seemed to me to be about 100. But I was only 30 at the time, and maybe she was 60 or 70. And um, she said to me, David, I was really touched by your sermon last night. And that immediately pricked up my ears because it doesn't happen very often. And, um, and I said, well, why? She says, you know, I've been coming to church for years and years and years and years. But I've never, ever welcomed Jesus into my life. And because she was about 100, I knew that she would remember a little song or a little poem from many, many years ago. And it simply went like this. Into my heart, into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And I said to her, do you know, you can pray that little prayer just now and welcome Jesus into your life to be your friend and your savior. Do you know, it doesn't really matter that much if the management of the Thistle Shopping Center allows a nativity in their mall or not. But what does really matter at this Christmas time is whether we are willing to welcome Jesus into our lives as Savior and Lord. Wasn't that a remarkable little video? Whenever Esther says, will everyone stand up who can say to Nicholas, you have saved my life. I would love to be able to say tonight, but I'm not going to. Do you know, would you stand up tonight if you believe that Jesus has saved your life? Because that's why he came. It's why he died. It's why as a little refugee, he came back from Egypt into the promised land. So I leave it with you. Have you welcomed Jesus into your life this Christmas? Thank you.